Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, and welcome to the Independent Coronavirus Podcast. I'm Chloe Hubbard, Executive Editor at The Independent. This podcast is about getting behind the headlines and drilling down into the issues we're all experiencing as we try to navigate how to live, work and stay healthy during the COVID-19 pandemic. Today, I'm joined by former England rugby player Fiona Pocock. As well as curating her own professional athletic career, Fee has also worked as a personal trainer and strength and conditioning coach for more than a decade. As soon as the Prime Minister announced that all gyms would be ordered to close, Fee had to quickly develop a way of training her client base remotely. She is used to training her clients in a high-spec London studio with access to all the best equipment on the market. Fee, how did you react when you heard the PM's announcement to close all gyms? Hi Chloe, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, so I'm a personal trainer in London and I work out of two private gyms in Liverpool Street and Blackfriars and I see clients on a one-to-one basis and write programmes for them to c- complete on their own. So when this announcement came in, I just, I just thought, oh no, firstly, how am I going to be able to deadlift heavy in lockdown? And then secondly, how am I going to pay my rent uh, next month without seeing any of my clients? Was the deadlift worry a personal one or one professionally? <laughs> a personal one. <laughs> personal worry, I understand. <laughs> um, I mean, and as a sole trader, obviously, you know, you, there has been some finance promised by the Chancellor um, eventually, but for a lot of people in the same situation as you, I mean, the help can't come quickly enough. Um, are you any clearer on when you're going to be able to get any help? Yeah, as a self-employed PT, there was a, an instant evaporation of income. Um, as soon as that announcement came in, all, all clients were working from home. Um, there was a sort of a dead period where people were finding their feet. Lots of my clients have children at home and they're working out a system with their partners how to manage that situation. Um, so there's a period of uncertainty and the announcement about the, the help from the, from the government came in quite late compared to the, the employed people. So um, it was a tricky time and I'm definitely not, a, not alone. I think there are around 14,000 registered PTs in the UK and about 80% of those are freelance. So we're facing uh, the next couple of months being very, very uncertain financially. I think at times like this when people perhaps, you know, you're seeing a lot of people being furloughed, people taking sort of 20% pay cuts, the first thing to go are things that people regard as luxuries and luxuries are probably things like personal trainers, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I'd agree with that, that personal training can be seen as a, as a luxury item. It's also a very, very helpful and necessary item for people who, who don't know how to manage their fitness and wellbeing on their own. Um, so suddenly you, you have all these people who are, who are, 
whose health and fitness are being sustained by these PTs and then suddenly not being able to do the normal regime that they're used to and not having sort of the, the guidance there. Um, and that's what's so helpful about taking PT online. Yeah, I guess suddenly not being able to do your routine, suddenly working at home, you know, your mental health could quickly spiral. I guess having a PT and still doing your exercise sort of provides a happy junction in the day. Definitely. It punctuates the day nicely. It gives people something to look forward to. There's a feeling of accomplishment and achievement and productivity, um, which I think people are struggling with at the moment. The days are sort of just rolling into one and it's, it's difficult to to set targets to to be to, to feel like you've achieved in the day other than just your work really yeah I can imagine so I take it you're training your clients virtually have you managed to keep most of them on the books yeah I have a majority of people I've managed to to um, to see virtually um, thankfully I've actually worked with a number of clients and athletes online uh, over the last couple of years so the transition for the for my private clients was was quite easy um, I could not recommend Zoom highly enough. I know we're talking on Zoom at the moment. I think it's saved a lot of people's livelihoods um, over over this crisis. So that that's basically how I operate, a one-to-one basis or small group basis uh, via Zoom. Is that odd, training people over video conferencing? It's an, I assume being a PT is normally quite a physical job. Yeah, you can't get around it does feel a bit different. Um, the gym environment provides a really upbeat atmosphere, people buzzing around, music, keeping people going. There's just a good vibe there. So when you're on the other end of, of a computer screen, it's difficult to sort of dictate intensity or positive energy. So I do my best to kind of be engaged, always make sure that I'm on my feet, moving about, demonstrating, making sure I'm in gym kit, not in my jeans. I know it sounds simple, but these sorts of things help the engagement from from the person that you're working with to make sure they're they're working at the appropriate level and they're getting a fulfilling session. I have a vision of you sort of shouting at a laptop. (laughs) Is that what's going on? You're hollering into the laptops. That's exactly what's going on. Yeah. Good, good. Um, I saw a meme the other day which said something like we couldn't get Britain to move before uh, coronavirus and now everybody is out doing their Duke of Edinburgh award. I live near the river in London and it's particularly busy. Uh, All I can see is cyclists, runners. Um, You know, it's very hard to maintain uh, the distance for all the people out doing their exercise now. Do you think we're actually seeing a bit of a resurgence and an appetite for exercise? Definitely, 100%. I think springtime always brings that out anyway but the the situation we're in there's a sense of the removal of choice that I think people are struggling with choosing whether or not to be active and suddenly you're limited to only being going outside once a day and it's going outside and doing some exercise is a great way to take some control over over your daily daily activity um the weather obviously is not helping people's desires to go outside. I guess it's a very British thing, isn't it? We're all trying to get our money's worth. So if we're going to go out for our hour's walk, we may as well try and run 10K in it or something. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All these people who have never run, run before suddenly running 10K um, outside just because, just because they can. Um, 
Well, if and, and I think gardens away, I suppose that's what they can expect. Yeah, my hearts go out to the people who who don't have any out, outdoor space. I'm I'm fortunate that I have a garden and I've got the countryside on my in my back door. Um, it must be just unbearable for people who don't have any out, outside space. Yeah, I don't really know what, how people are managing it, especially when they've got kids around. So moving back onto, you know, you were saying you're a bit upset with not being able to lift heavy weights, not being able to deadlift at the moment. Being an elite athlete yourself, are you able to keep in condition? And what do you think other athletes are sort of doing at the moment? I'm keeping myself in reasonable shape. I, I've taken some equipment from, from my gym and I've brought it home just some of my favorite items like a, a dumbbell a few kettlebells and I've got a rowing machine um so they're the items that I sort of tend to tend to lean towards for, for myself for people who are elite athletes I'm quite I feel sort of very empathetic about their the lack of equipment that they they obviously need on a day-to-day basis typically the power athletes or you know the, the team sport athletes where in order to be fitter faster and stronger you need to lift heavy loads um so it'd be really interesting to see actually in the olympics next year whether or not the people the nations who have suffered more so with the covid whether whether or not their their performances are going to be jeopardized in a year and a half's time yeah definitely i hadn't even considered that so Mm. away from high performance we're obviously seeing a huge popularity in online classes from gyms um pts like yourself and of course joe wicks um has a huge following in the mornings but are there any pitfalls to working out from home? I think it's great how Jim's uh, and the likes of Joe Wicks have responded to this crisis. Um, I do think there is a, a, a leaning towards HIT sessions as being the only form of exercise that people can do. Um, so HIT stands for high intensity interval training. And it's a great way to do a lot of activity in a short space of time and with not much equipment. However, it is very intense on the body and for people who who aren't exposed to that sort of training it's not always the best idea to do that training on a regular basis so if you want to limit hit and everybody sort of talks about hit workouts um like what what would a healthy amount of hit in a week versus sort of other things look like what should people be doing well depending on your experience i i would say for a novice, maybe one one time a week. For someone who's more experienced, maybe two or three times a week. But in between those sessions, it's really, really valuable that you get some strength work, mobility work, and some lower intensity work in, um, which would be your sort of your brisk walk around the block versus your 10 burpees, how many burpees you can do in 30 seconds. Um, they're very, very different modalities of training and they both have different um, impacts on the body. And if you're doing HIT too often, it can lead to overtraining, illness, injury, um, especially if you're a novice. Yeah, and I can't imagine picking up an injury at the moment is a particularly good idea. No, that would be the worst time to get an injury, not being able to see a physio. So you've got to to be careful, got to start at the basics, work on your strength, work on your mobility, and then probably ease up to being able to do do a HIIT session. How can people sort of check whether the sort of session they're doing is appropriate to their ability? Find exercises which challenge your range of motion and your strengths. So a squat, for example, is probably your best tool for working out 
how capable you are to do that at high impact and high speed. So if you're just going to do a body weight squat, can you do that 10 times? And then can you do that 10 times quickly versus adding in a burpee? You know, they're very, very different exercises. Um, so starting at the basics, squats, lunges, press ups, planks, they're all really, really good exercises to begin with. Okay, so like the foundation exercises that everybody should be able to do, I guess. Is there any particular sort of online resource they could look at to give you a sort of guide as to how to do those? Yeah, there's a very good resource. Um, UK SEA or the UK Strength and Conditioning Association provides um, a really good foundational exercise matrix or repertoire. Um, that would be a very good resource to look onto. But really, I mean, it's people should really, if they don't know what they're doing, should seek a professional's advice, really, right? Seek a professional's advice, start at the basics, look at their credentials and look at the information that they're giving you. I mean, if they're topless and doing loads of burpees on Instagram for, for the likes, that's probably not where you should start. If someone is educating you and talking you through why a squat is important what you're getting out of it what the technical um, competencies are that you need to achieve to be to be good at a squat that's the kind of information that you should be looking for if you're if you're starting from novice um so at the, at the moment obviously people have their children at home what sort of activities can parents be doing to keep their kids active and is there anything they sort of should be avoiding i see a lot of people doing the hit workouts with their kids is that a good idea Mm, I'm not convinced by the, the HIIT workouts for kids. I think the, the fundamental thing to remember for, for children is that the primary exercise goal isn't calorie burning um, like it often is for adults. Exercise for children should be sociable, should be fun, should be cognitive uh, and activities which develop movement quality, bone and muscular strength, cardiovascular fitness should be prioritised over just doing intense work for a prolonged period of time so exercises so activities like um i know running an obstacle course piggyback races dancing in the living room all these sorts of things that promote uh, enjoyable exercise in a in a fun environment are really good that don't necessarily count as quote a workout yeah i guess it's, it's more about movement and enjoyment rather than you know exhausting them definitely yeah I know some, parents may, some parents may disagree of course <laughs> I'm sure I'm not a parent so I can't I can't speak but uh doing a doing an adult style hit session is going to tire your child out but they're not going to gain anything from that um in terms of their physical development and that's when they're going to start getting some niggles and getting a little bit un unhappy and demoralized by sort of intense training all the time got to do something a little bit more constructive so i also saw on your instagram that you were doing some virtual group classes to help raise funds for the nhs how can people get involved in those so every monday night at six o'clock i'm running a fundraiser group workout um, it's for nhs charities together which is an umbrella charity which divvies out funds for nhs staff and, and volunteers in the in the nation um, it's a sociable, fun group sort of workout that focuses on some strength and aerobic fitness. You can find out how to how to join that class by going to my Just Giving page, and the class is called 
BPO's Fitness Survival Club. Well, thank you, Fiona. Before we leave, a reminder that you can get in touch with the podcast team here to ask questions or suggest future subjects for discussion. So please email the coronavirus podcast at independent.co.uk. Alternatively, you can use the hashtag Indie Coronavirus Podcast, that's Indie with a Y. You can, of course, read all about the COVID-19 pandemic as it unfolds on our website, independent.co.uk. There's also a new email newsletter you can sign up to if you want the latest news and advice delivered to your inbox daily. And there's more information on that on our website. Also, you can subscribe to this series on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever you listen, so you never miss an episode. And be sure to leave us a rating and comment if you enjoyed the show. Thank you for listening. 